Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not a spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. I'm one of your hosts, Ray. And I'm your other host, Chris! And, uh, and we're back. Uh, so, guess what, Dreadfuls? This is part four of Shuji Ito! What? What are we reviewing today, Rai? What amazing Juji Ito work are we reviewing today? This may as well be something that Junji Ito concocted. Hey, wait, what happened? Am I did I get the recording schedule wrong? Wait. I think you did. Uh, okay, fine. What are we <laughs> What are we actually recording today? Today we are taking a turn into the obscene and oddly beautiful for one of these movies uh into new french extremity world we are talking about in my skin from 2002 and raw from 2016 i guess the appetite flowing doesn't it yeah hope you're hungry guys because we're talking cannibalism cannibalism if you don't want to become a vegetarian stop listening no i'm kidding it's not going to turn you into a vegetarian <laughs> it's not but like it, it's interesting both of these films tried to treat cannibalism in a in a very art house uh avant-garde type of manner um whether or not they were successful or uh is definitely one of the things i want to go over um but yeah i mean cannibalism uh, and not just cannibalism like just the a statement about the human body, uh, body, body, um, I guess, like, how you feel about your body, um, and, uh, in your self, in your, your perception, yeah, it's, there, it goes, both of these films delve a lot into that, uh, as well as, like, I guess, like, mental states, anxiety, um, I, I think raw, I think raw. Actually, well, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get into it. Some of it also is like very physical uh, reactions and actions to psychological things that are going on with the people in these movies. I'm going to splash a giant trigger warning on this episode because there's going to be a lot of body image talk, and one of these movies specifically. Um, to be perfectly blunt, in my skin does contain a lot of mutilation to the self, and that can be very triggering for people. So if you only want to listen to us talk about Raw, then you should skip ahead to where we actually talk about that, because In My Skin is the first one that we're talking about, and that one is... That one I was very personally unnerved by, and it was really hard for me to watch. And you know me, I'm, I'm, a, I got through Bone Tomahawk, I got through Art the Clown, all that gore with ease. There is something very visceral of, and very real about In My Skin that is not for everyone and definitely not for the faint of heart. If anyone uh, is wary of the content and trigger warnings we're providing, you could just skip ahead to that timestamp and you could just, uh, you know, finish the episode. All right, so let's start 
within my skin. Here's some background information about the movie. It, it, it released in 2002. Like Rise said before at the top of the episode, it's, it's from the new French extremity horror genre. Um, and I had to look this up. Uh, this was completely uh, foreign to me, but it has analogs uh, to uh, what's it called? Like the Amer- like I guess it's I guess it's related to. It's not like Descendant, but it's somewhat in the same ballpark as uh, like torture porn. But I don't think torture porn has like the same types of uh, deeper commentary or or or, um, or explores the same themes as new French extremity um, uh, but it describes a a wave of French films in the early twenty first century uh, where they it's characterized by portraying it, various forms of depravity revolving sex or bodily harm or transformation or modification. And I feel like the the uh, what the what defines it, or the, what separates it from torture porn is that it tries to give this sort of deeper psychological philosophical meaning. I feel like new french extremity has more of a message as opposed to like torture porn in the u.s where it's just it's literally all about the spectacle um i i feel that it is it is about the spectacle and like the 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 act of exploitation but there's not really a type of message being portrayed about it uh right feel free to jump in i mean you you know you you didn't get it wrong see on its on its most basic level like new french extremity is just a genre of transgressive like French films that take strong narratives of reflecting a very strong theme or something that's going on in the culture and combine it with brutal violence that's that's what it is in a nutshell so you weren't wrong right that was a beautiful explanation this movie was very uncomfortable for me just like overall like I texted Chris stating my discomfort like i i it's very hard for me to get triggered or uh unnerved by horror movies this one was hard to watch there were times where i had like i couldn't look away but i also like tried to and i always had something up in a window next to it so that if i had to look away i could as well as high tension, which we reviewed. French. This this is definitely under that umbrella of French extremity, where right next to Martyrs, which is also another movie that like is very difficult to watch, but also very much in that genre. Um, and high tension, which we did talk about. The thing of this is much more voyeuristic than some of the other ones that we've seen because of the person that we're following in this film and because of the perspective that it takes on, which I think also adds to how uncomfortable it is to watch. Both of these films 
do exactly that in different ways, though. And I think because of how it was done, it's not that they're both, it's not that one is worse than the other in terms of quality. I just prefer one over the other because of the point of view. Yeah. Yeah. And totally they're different. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's go back to in my skin in terms of the general synopsis. Uh, so it details or surrounds uh, this French woman named Esther who seemingly has it all. She has a great job, uh, a great boyfriend. Um, she's very well-to-do. She has a tight so social circle of friends. And it the movie follows this sort of dom this descent into horror and depravity uh and again trigger warning self-mutilation uh after this one fateful, fateful night um she was wandering around in the dark um fall uh, and she falls uh cuts her leg really badly and from this experience she something in her mind like clicks or unclicks or just gets triggered or she just becomes self-aware of something about her body which then in a very very short amount of time like less than a week uh, she progressively uh hurts herself mutilates herself uh in in very uh, or in, in higher degrees um and again like rise said it's very voyeur voyeur like she becomes both fascinated and horrified by her own body and by the end of the film it's uh, it leaves this strange type of abstract esoteric ending and you could read it a couple ways i read it like the more nihilistic version where in the end when she's exploring or mutilating her body she accidentally kills herself um and I think that's how it ended. I mean, they don't explicitly show it. They, you can make inferences of the either, of whether or not she actually lived in the end or not. But for how I read it, I thought she actually died at the end. And so did I. I, I absolutely share in that with you. I think that because it was all culminating to her own her self-mutilation and her self-alienation was almost one and the same at that point. And at the end of the movie, she's not with anyone. She's not going to work. She's not with her boyfriend. She's not at her new apartment. She is in some motel somewhere. Um, no one probably knows where she is. And she just, she takes the obsession too far. I, I agree with you. I don't think she ever makes it out of that hotel room. It's interesting that I mean I guess we're working our way backwards. Um, the last the last shot of that movie, uh, prior to this, there there's like very extended scenes of her mutilating herself and watching herself. Um, uh, just 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 she 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 watches herself. She photographs herself, um, and she's mutilating slash exploring her body throughout this entire time and 
at the very last scene, you see her wake up. She still has like dried blood over her. She calls or she she packs up her things, leaves the apartment room, and then it cuts to a very very long shot. Um, that's one of the highlights of this film. You mean the end where you can breathe? Yeah, exactly. Like they they do incredibly long tracking shots. Like for for all the mutilation scenes, they 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 just keep on that sh- that visual for a very long time. It's supposed to make you look uh, feel uncomfortable. Uh, so with the ending, you just see her uh, uh, Esther's body just lifeless, uh, glassy eyed, and she's just lying on the bed. And it just it t- it's probably like a four to five minute just straight pan away from the bed. And how I thought, or how I read at the end, is it's just the ultimate conclusion of how she feels totally dissociated from from her body. Um, and I thought it was a more tragic bent. And what made me feel that way was earlier in the film she, uh, there was like it was the dinner party with the clients and there's this one trippy scene where um she had too much to drink and then whether this was a hallucin- hallucination or some psychosomatic symptom she felt her arm wasn't connected to the rest of her body so she looks down and she sees that her arm is just cut off, uh, you know, right above the forearm. And she's like prodding it, and she's she it just it, it's like a uh, a piece of meat that's she she knows it's hers, but it's like it's completely di- disaffected from her, and it drives her to a state where she uh, starts in order to feel something again, in order to feel like she's connected to her arm or her arms, like or actually hers. She starts cutting or cutting her into her arm in the middle of a, a business conversation with a steak knife and a fork um and then even before that like all the inciting incident was when she fell in that park or she fell and cut her leg on some piece of industrial metal and it wasn't until like 20 minutes later like she she was she was so shocked or i guess surprised that she didn't feel anything until then when she just went to the bathroom saw all the blood on her on her legs so it's it's like a a series of progressions where she feels increasingly dissociated from her own body even though like she's it's all one piece it's like it's like a weird psychosomatic feedback loop yeah i actually read something that i found really interesting uh in in terms of Esther's relationship to herself throughout this movie. And they talk about surrounding Descartes. I know that. And I know I can say Descartes. I just can't say this word right now because I'm very tired. And also because this movie like really put me through a loop. Like I, I, I watched raw directly after this and I could breathe better, which should say something because raw isn't exactly a cakewalk. <laughs> um, but the, Commentary that I found on this is that Esther sort of exists with this radical version of um, Cardianism, which is, in philosophy, it relates to the Cartesian self, 
which is part of a thought experiment in terms of like the individual's mind and how it's separate from the body and the outside world, thinking about itself and its own existence. So in looking at that through the lens of this movie, Esther is seeing herself as, as, or at least the parts that she's mutilating as an object that is separate from herself, something that needs to be looked at under a microscope and investigated and controlled, which is why you sort of, everything is sort of cut together like that because you're looking through, through this whole movie and her process and this like very voyeuristic, frightened perspective of Esther. So everything feels um, very like scared, but also sort of like erotic in a way. Not that I was turned on by this, but it feels like she is in ecstasy with herself when she starts to explore all of this. Yes. Like... Yeah, there's this one shot that I felt like I felt like it highlighted like the amount of like pleasure or fascination she was having exploring her body that way, where she's it's like the first time she checks into a hotel. And after cutting her arms or biting her arms a lot, she takes a knife and like pr- pokes or so like basically not, not not pokes like stabs stabs a hole in her knee and it, and like the blood starts and she she's 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 on her back she's rocking her knee toward her head and the blood's leaking out like a like a, fo- a fountain and she's just it, I can't describe it exactly but like she's arched back. The blood's dripping on her face, and she has, like, this look of calm and pseudo-pleasure on her face, and she just starts, like, she sh- you can see her just, her eyes are closed, she has, like, sort of a half-smile, and she's just feeling the blood just trickle over, over her face, and then she's rubbing the blood into her, uh, all over her face, uh, and then she starts sucking on her knee, uh, the, you know, the blood, and it's like, oh, okay, um, hmm, and... But yeah, I felt like she was legitimately enjoying herself and experiencing something new and fresh and alien. Um, and I and like in the, and I was looking at it is like we we were even though it's shot from her point of view, it's not within the parameters of a normal behavior, quote unquote. And then so we're you know we're taking on this same ride where the viewer is both alienated and i guess um you know fascinated or disgusted and i those are all feelings that uh she feels like you know the uh, it's not the same scene but i remember you know she's going through this giant long fit or this long fugue state of uh, mutilating herself, and then she looks herself in the mirror, uh, and then she starts crying because she she doesn't understand what's going on with herself, or she's struggling at least. I think one of the most poignant things I read about this movie was this this quote that was making like a whole commentary and summary on this film. I think it was uh, part of a medical journal, actually, which is kind of fascinating. It says this film challenges the assumption that it is automatic or natural to identify with, care about, and care for our bodies 
In Esther's case, the term self-mutilation is a misnomer. Her body has come to be not self, and we are left at the end contemplating other ways to understand embodied identity, which I think really sums up how she sees herself and how and therefore how we see her and see these acts over the course of the movie it's not for the faint of heart like if you are if body horror isn't your thing and i'm talking even like the tiniest bit of body horror don't go near this movie and it's sort of like one of those things where you like you don't want to watch it but you can't help but because of the way it's shot because of the way it's done it's very visceral and it it just doesn't cut away. Like, it shows everything. There's something to be said for a director that can do that. And she directed this as well as starred in it herself. So there is something to be said for that kind of eye. But it's not always what you're looking for in a movie. And I was just very unnerved by the whole thing from start to finish. I had a really hard time with this one. I had a hard time with it, but I don't think it was hard for the reasons you identify with. Probably not. No. <laughs> For me, like it, it took. Uh, I mean, uh, after I watched this, or like during during the during the experience of watching this, I was pulled between being bored and just being disgusted. Yeah, you and I had two very different reactions to this movie. I think I I texted you while I was watching this, and I apologized to you. Yeah, I like. They, yeah, like, uh, so obviously the, 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 the disgust I feel, or I guess like the apprehension I feel, is so, it's not even like the parts of the movie where she like, she's like cannibalizing herself. It's the fact that she's mutilating herself, and that's like a very hashtag too real type of phenomena, and you know, it, it, it's a symptom of something far greater like uh like a like a, a serious body image issue or self-esteem or depression mental illness all 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 the, like that huge swirling melting pot of of things that are just difficult to deal with uh in, in which she refuses the director refuses to acknowledge or even admit that that was her intention she's like no that's not what i did but that's the thing you can intend for a movie to do this, but like, well, the interpretation of art is subjective and, you know, an artist can have this one message in mind, but arts is meant to provoke or elicit a a response, a cathartic response. And then that can establish itself in any type of mode. So I don't, I don't quite agree uh, that just feels like a massive deflection on the part of the writer director or at least like a maybe not a willful ignorance but like i think that's i think that's just a i think that speaks to like a sort of naivete about her work it's like i i feel like if you're putting if you're a director or writer and you're putting this out yes you meant it in some way but I i feel like you should be aware or at least you should be able to step back and be objective enough to realize, yes, my work can be uh, interpreted in that way. I mean, especially with how it was shot and how the cinematography work, where so much of it just focused on and like unerringly and so 
prolonged on these scenes of self-mutilation and like and i it, it definitely got me uncomfortable and not just because it's a hashtag too real kind of thing like i just like i don't need to be a voyeur about self-mutilation like it, that that's and it's like uh i just i, I didn't yeah it, it leaves a bad taste in your mouth yeah, it wasn't my cup of tea, but I, I get maybe that that's the, the that's like uh, one of the point to make you feel disgusted or apprehensive. Fine, okay. The other thing that I just I just felt like I didn't feel engaged for like half the movie, um, because like the movies it's very very muted in its action. Um, it's like you know. Some like um this French lady who seems to have it all just goes through waking moments of life, and and yes, and like she she ha- there's like this one into, one small event that happens that just uh, that cascade. But when I was watching it, I I didn't feel I didn't feel the the way the pace went i thought it was like way too fast and i didn't understand the that there was some sort of message i i like on the on the first watch i felt like it was just like oh okay so this is just a slow dis- uh, i'm sorry this is a really quick descent to madness and um i felt it was like a voristic picture it was just for the sake of showing exploitative footage without some sort of like underlying message um and i felt i felt like it's kind of like how i felt about terrifier it's like it's it's the the spectacle without like the real substance underneath and like it, it took me like me reading a bunch of articles and i had to have someone else another critic explain what it really meant for me to get it and it's like oh okay and like oh on one hand i felt dumb watching it or feel dumb like after that read but at the same time I was like well it that message didn't come across as clear to me i thought it was just all about the voyeurism and i you know that's why i love raw so much more because raw is very complex there's so many layers there's so many ways you can pick it apart and analyze and i you know as as gruesome as raw was there was just so much to like pick your brain at, you know, aside from, you know, the cannibalism. So I do think it's kind of uh, interesting the way she says as a director, she says it specifically as a director that it wasn't her intention, not as an actress, um, that she doesn't see her film through a lens of like provocation or anything confrontational. So like anything that you perceive as like body image issues and how you relate to that in the world that Esther is pulled into as a character, she says that that was not her intention to create a movie that has any sort of uh, commentary on that, which I call bullshit. Look at look at the genre of film that this is put in. That is bullshit that you didn't know what you were doing. Yeah, that's like that's like trying to distance yourself from the same type of genre that you know you're you know yeah yeah that's. That's ha- that's like trying to have your cake and eat it too, you know. Yeah, like this is what you did, own it, and be done with it. It's incredibly hard, hard to watch. I think the 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 most int- 
that last scene is as in, as intense as it is. I still think that the dinner scene sort of takes the cake for intensity of this movie. It's definitely the most disturbing part of it because you're watching you're watching people cut open their dinner and peel apart layers of their dinner and you know that there is somewhere in the back of her mind where she is registering what's happening around her and interpreting it as I have this need to peel back my own layers to see what's underneath the way these people are consuming food. Plus, plus he's doing it in the company of like other people. And it's like, it's like, I felt like that was probably the most tense, uh, um, the most tense uh, experience I had. Like the, the parts, the parts where she's mutilating herself in the, in the hotel, like the, 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 in the middle of the end of the film. Like I was again, I was again like pendling, or I was like a pendulum between like bored and disgusted. Like, what? Where is this going? This is this is like it, like the each each of those segments was like maybe like five to eight minutes long. Like they, it was like very long tracking shots. It was like very minimal music, um, and it's just it's just her very slowly exploring her body in that way, and. Yes, I felt uncomfortable, but I was like, I, you know, I just didn't, I, I, I get, I felt like invested because I was, I, I, you know, it's supposed to make me feel disgusted or at least, or at least that's how I felt. But at the same time, it's like, where is this going? Um, like, can we move it along? There's like, I just, it, it just, it just, I, I constantly get, got my immersion, bro uh, broken in and out of, and that's all, you know, that's, that's why I, I, that's why I watch a movie, you know, just to get immersed into like, get involved in the world and and get involved into the minds of the characters and i um i don't know i uh, this and but like that dinner scene that dinner scene like it, it was intense it was interesting um it was visually shocking especially the part where she looks down on her arm and it's like it's like not connected to herself and then she like tries to reattach it and she's like oh and then um i that was i think that i think that was like the most cleverly designed shot of the movie I, I think that had the most to say the most to keep out of in terms of like uh i think that, that explained her fracturing mental state the best uh without without getting too much into voyeurism yeah also if you think about how new french extremity is it exists to push boundaries this movie, I mean, this movie really goes there. We saw high tension, it pushes boundaries, raw pushes boundaries, but at its most basic form, it's raw is a coming of age story, just with a, a little bit more blood. But In My Skin absolutely pushes you to the edge and like hangs you over it. It won't drop you, but it hangs you over the edge. It like takes you right there. And I think it's a true testament to how much you can stomach when it comes to stuff like this. Can you like know this is one of those movies where I know for a fact will never get remade in this country because no one would touch something like this. Oh, no. <laughs> like no, no one. And with good reason. No, especially in our current climate right now, like it, no, it, it would, it would, um, yeah, it would, it would be canceled, 
like the minute it was mentioned um, on, on like a news article or something. I, yeah, it's not that I disliked it. It was just, it was so hard for me to watch. I couldn't enjoy it. Whereas I can enjoy Raw very easily. I love Raw. I'm surprised I've only seen it three times. Like, I love that movie. And clearly I can watch it again and again. For me, In My Skin, once was enough. I'm I'm done. In My Skin, like, I, you know, I wasn't in really enjoying it the first and only time. You have a pretty decent threshold, too, though. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 like, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't as disgusted by this film as, like, others. I, I, I wouldn't... I'm not, I'm, it's been so long since I've seen the Poughkeepsie tapes, so I don't remember. I don't. Well, I don't know if I dislike this more than Poughkeepsie tapes. Uh, I feel like, and I, and with Terrifier, I mean, it has that schlock element, which I get, which is passable. Right. At least with Terrifier, like some of the stuff that Art does, like you can maniacally laugh at it because he's such he. He comes across as so goofy, but also, like, unnerving at the same time. So there are things, whether the laughter is from discomfort or because something is, like, genuinely amusing, at least you have those elements that make up that movie. And, yeah, the schlock factor absolutely has a lot to do with it to break up those moments. There, None of that exists in this. No, it's, it's, vis- it's visceral and... It just puts in your face, and it it doesn't do it in a schlocky way either. It it just it it again like the cinematography here is very simple. Like so many of these shots are just they just place a camera in one place and they just let it run. Um, the 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 shots here are not so complex. You know, again, it's as if it was like, it's all like, again, going back to like the vorism kind of thing, especially with those hotel scenes, it's as if, you know, they just place the camera and just, you know, just let it roll. And she, they just, just stayed on her the entire time as she's exploring herself. And when you don't have those layers, it's just her mutilating herself. I, you know, yeah. I guess it's still art. I just, I just like it. To me, it's just like, uh, there's nothing. I, I just felt it like it, it, it was just. I don't know. It, it, it was just, it was just in your face, and there was nothing else to like. I, I think, I think what I'm struggling with is, yeah. I mean, I'm like the type of person where I like moderation, all things. Like, yes. Like I want my spectacle, uh, but yes, I want I want to chew on something. I want to think about it. I want to I want to explore the scene or what or make or have the scene be part of some meaningful development, the story, or, or a, a, a turning point within the character, or even as a microscopic glimpse into what she's looking or what what's going on with the character and i i i know what they're what they're trying to do but in the execution it just just seems to be exploitative warism and that's it and i you know i just didn't like that it's not my cup of tea 
See, I think that watching it, it's not exploitative voyeurism for the sake of being exploitative voyeurism. I think it's shocking, but it's not sensationalism. But if you ask the director, she almost has this attitude, this like blase attitude about what she made. So I feel like you'd get a different opinion from her. I feel like if you ask her, you'll get something that very closely resembles like, yeah, it is voyeurism for the sake of it. Which I didn't feel that way watching it, but I was still extremely uncomfortable. I don't know. I think I gave all my two cents about it. It was... I gave all... I gave the, the amount of energy I could give to this because it was just... It was a lot. Yeah. It was a to lot. To me, it's like the content is pretty intense, and I think the way it handled it... I mean, it didn't... I felt like it didn't glorify self-mutilation... No, absolutely not. It shows you the toll it can take on you mentally, physically, and how it affects your relationship with people around you, your job, your friendships, your intimate relationships. That was all very real and very true. Agreed. But I felt like it could have done it better. This is supposed to be like a uh, a parable like a a warning or a morality tale of like what happens or like, like the consequences of when you don't like respect your body in a certain type of way like uh maybe maybe that maybe that could have been a, like an objective i didn't see i didn't see it uh and I don't know. I honestly, at the end of the day, I still kind of don't know what she's going for. Even though I've read articles and I've tried to have like other people, like other read other people's uh, analysis on it. I, I, I'm, I, I, it's the trajectory for me is not quite there. And I think that's. I mean, I again, I feel dumb about it, but at the same time, you know, if the, that's also on on the the team and especially the writer and director to try to convey that message clearly enough. And at the same time, I just, yeah, I just felt like not engaged uh, for most of the movie because um, I don't know, like I just, I didn't feel very invested in the character. And, And then, you know, the parts that were invested, it's like, well, you're just showing me 20 straight minutes of her cutting herself. And that's, not what I want to spend my time watching. So I'm going to ask you one final question before we move on to Raw, something that I feel like, I even feel like talking about this movie, I can't catch my breath and I feel like I have a knot in the pit of my stomach because of how unpleasant it was. Did you look up anything about this movie before you watched it? No, like literally like the the only stuff I, I knew about was you texting me like, Chris, I'm sorry, this movie's terrible. Yeah, yeah, okay. So. When when we come up with the movies, or in the last case of our last three episodes, the mangas that we want to explore for the episodes for the show, if it's something that I've seen before, then I watch the movie and then I do research after. When it comes to things I haven't seen, I like to go in blind. Pardon my saying so, but I like to have a very raw reaction to what we're talking about. Uh, so yeah, I go into things blind. This is probably the only movie that I wish I had looked looked everything up ahead of time, because then I probably would have found clips and trailers online and sort of pieced together the film that way instead of watching it all the way through. And I never do that. 
But had I known that it was going to be an hour and 40 minutes of what I watched, I I don't know if I I would have sat through the whole thing. Yeah, right. You needed a content warning for this film. You re you really yeah yeah. It's intense. It's a lot. It it does exactly what the genre says it's going to do. Um, I don't think it adds anything to the horror genre as a film. I, I it exists. Um, it does it 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 does it does add uh, a commentary on body image though, and. Uh, that is a is a conversation that is uncomfortable to have in in any way, shape, or form. So I think at the very least it can open up a conversation about that and the psychology behind needing and wanting to damage yourself, whether it's through self mutilation or or something to do with body image related issues. And I think that that's fair, and I. I think what what just adds to it rubbing me the wrong way is that the director refuses to acknowledge that conversation that it presents. Own up to it. Take responsibility for it. Own up to it. Like, be a part of that conversation and say, yeah, I did this thing. Because I think you'll find that the reception and the way people talk to you about it will change. But when you say, well, no, I didn't mean to do it that way, well, now, now you're leaving a bad taste in my mouth, and your movie leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And also, like, I guess when you, when, when, I guess it, you remove yourself all the opportunity to really clarify your vision, and really clarify what you're what you're contributing to the genres, whether it's French extremity or exploitation or body horror or, or just on a larger level you're just ex you're just explaining what you're trying to con contribute um in the medium of film um because you're she's dealing with with pretty heady topics like uh like self-harm and body dysmorphia and self-esteem issues and mental health and you know you can make this movie, however gruesome and graphic it is, you know, you could still provide a meaningful message or commentary. And that's like one of the biggest things that I just didn't, I found this lacking. Like, I just didn't understand what message there is, or I thought it was just, there was no message. And that way it was really, it felt really bleak and empty and nihilistic at the end. And again, like, I, I had, I had to have like, a list of spark notes or cliff notes right next to me to like flip through literally after the movie was ending. It's like I was, I needed, I wanted to feel somewhat prepared for this episode. And I still felt lost. It's like, oh, there, uh, um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I uh, uh, in contrast, Raw, there's so, so much to unpack. And, you know, I felt like, the cannibalism is just a very, very small part of what is what what can be discussed. I mean, obviously, it's like it's probably one of the most is more is one of the more attention grabbing aspects of it. Uh, but we'll get into it. But there's like so many, so many types of themes and narratives and machinery and societal commentary that you could just. Uh, get lost in it. And I love that. And that's why I thought Raw was far more interesting and 
far more engaging than than um, in my skin. Hundred percent. I yeah, hundred percent. So I think with that, we should just talk about raw. Fuck yeah. Okay, now I feel like I can breathe again. I genuinely love raw. I don't call movies about cannibalism beautiful. This one's beautiful. It is your quintessential like coming of age story tale between two sisters, um, finding yourself, gaining independence, and all the messy and dirty work that sort of comes with that. Like, you remember your first year of college when the first time you were, like, truly alone and you felt independent. You were without rules, no mom and dad. You could stay up as late as you want because you were sort of in charge of yourself. This encompasses all of that with the carnage of cannibalism. You see, my, my I mean, I don't know what vet schools are like in general, but my college experience was nothing like that. No, no, my college experience was not like that either. I also did not go to veterinary school. Um, this movie also just like makes me just like sort of like reinstills the fact that I should not be a vet. I wanted to be a vet when I was a kid until someone made me understand the not nice parts of of being a vet. I was like, I wanted to go down a rabbit hole. Like our vet schools, like is hazing a, a a problem at vet schools like 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 i just uh, like it was weird it was like i was felt i felt i was fascinated but i felt so jarred what you didn't get hazed with uh uh animal blood and uh rabbit kidneys where you went no. to college oh no. okay i guess it's just you know that that part of my college life was oddly lacking i what a shame what a shame <laughs> um but we should uh so let's dive into the synopsis and a little bit of context or a little bit of background info and let's just get into raw okay so raw is also a a french film um uh, it released in 2016 uh directed by julia oh my god uh julia ducum now ducur now i'm sorry I'm, I'm butchering it uh starring garance marie mariella I'm so sorry, Brian. Help me out here. Oh, you're doing great. Okay, thanks. Um, uh, and so the main character is Justine, and her sister is uh, Alexia. And uh, it's Justine's first year uh, attending a very prestigious veterinary school. Her older sister is one year higher than her. And this is the same school where her parents met and, and attended as well. And it follows Justine uh, trying to, you know, survive uh, vet school, uh, living up to the expectations of her sister, her parents, her reputation, because they're like they're very, very well-to-do, talented uh practitioners themselves uh so she's trying to uh, navigate all the the lovely all the lovely parts of of uh burgeoning adolescence especially you know college you know when you're 18 but your brain is not quite developed yet and uh, and plus uh, all the shenanigans all the intense even though it's like a hyper realistic version of it like all the the trappings of college life so hazing and trying to make friends and awkward relationships and 
you know, uh, raging hormones, raging hormones, uh, dealing with dealing with people, dealing with bullies, dealing with uh, teachers that don't give a shit about you, dealing with uh, like the toxic rituals uh that are ingrained because for the sake of tradition or the sake of of social pressure or you know all that kind of stuff and through uh and through through all through all that ambient stuff which is all still really important to the story and also it really affects the main character um the she's a vegetarian her family her, her ve- family's of vegetarians and part of the hazing ritual she's she eats a raw kidney and that's like the first time eating meat all the time she gets a weird adverse reaction to it and then as time progresses she her taste or desire for meat develops uh where then she starts craving raw meat and then she starts craving human flesh uh, and then all, of, and then tragedy strikes, uh, where she's trying to uh, uh, reconcile with herself, and then also reconcile with the fact that, like, not only is she a cannibal, but her, the rest of her family are, are cannibals. Yeah, that fucking ending. Did you see that coming? I did not see that coming. That ending blew me away. There were parts the first time I watched this where I was like, well, the sister has to be aware of this. Like, when the sister covered for her, I was like, oh, okay. And especially at the beginning of the film where you just see, like, an unidentified woman trying to get herself run over, you know, uh, by a car. The car swerves, hit a tree, and you see the woman get up and walk over to the car to the driver's side, and it cuts. And it's like, oh, okay, that's important. That's an important shot. That's going to come back later. And then when you see the sister do that as a as her usual MO, and it then encourages Justine to eat as well, and it's like, oh, my God, no. And then, and then okay, and then there's, like, there's that really tense scene where at the end, Justine is being consoled by her dad, and her dad's like, it's not your fault. And my and and Jesse's like I I know is that your sister's fault oh um I'm sorry it's it's our fault and and then and then and then he reveals that the mother was a cannibal and the and and the and the solution to their happy marriage or their happy family is that he he opens up the buttons on his shirt and it's full of like scars and 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 fresh bites yeah so like the way he or the way they kept their family together was like every now and then when when mom has a craving uh she feeds on dad is like oh that's bleak and i did not expect that and i enjoy that ending so here's something upon watching it again that I caught now that I didn't catch the first time. And it presented a question. He said to her, Justine, don't have two girls. It makes everything complicated. I read that as, so does it not pass through the men? Uh, when, when, yeah, when you, when you first watch it, it plays off like, uh, I guess, uh, I mean, I guess it's, I don't know if it's problematic from a patriarchal standpoint. It probably is in some way. 
Um, but he's mentioning it's like it's difficult to raise daughters, and you know, take that as you will. I I, I think that's a a loaded question. I think that's problematic to say in itself. I mean, everybody always says that girls are a handful, like from the time that they're born to when they get older because of all the things that we have to go through. Like, that is a problematic statement to say. But because what they're referring to is like when we get our periods and PMS and all that garbage nonsense, that's what that is. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's a, it's a loaded and uncomfortable statement. Right. And I think that that's what it's meant to come off as. But the way I read it through the, through this movie. Oh, second viewing. Yeah, exactly. Like the, the cannibalism gene only the mother. Through. So it's like, don't have yeah, two daughters. Mother. You can have one. Cause I think that's all you can deal with. <laughs> like, Or make sure you have or, boys. Or, yeah, or just have boys. <laughs> boys home. Um, I think what really unnerves me about just going back to dad's whole scene at the end, I think what really unnerves me about that scene was when he's sitting there smoking the cigarette and he's like, when we had our first kiss, I knew. And he strokes the scar on the top of his lip. I was like, oh, oh, fuck. Like, yeah. That's where everything started to click. And you you never really see that. You never see a close-up of seeing the events of the film where, like, you know, uh... When, well, actually, kind of the same thing happened to Justine, like where she has her first kiss during that weird paint hazing ritual, where like um, you know she starts kissing him and then she she bites the lip of the guy. Yeah, they uh, they covered her in blue paint and him in yellow paint, and they forced the two of them into a room together, and they said, "Don't come out till you're both green." Yeah, I, I again, I it raised so many questions. Is like it, it I mean. Is all of hazing a sexual act? Yeah. No. Well, it, but, like, well, yeah. they put them in a warehouse in a party, and they made them all sweaty. Like, it's, it's like, putting dozens of, like, raging free independent hormones in a room and seeing what happens for fun. It just makes me think, like, like uh, well, I mean, this this is probably a hyper-reality, or a hyper-surreal hyper version of school. Or the college, the uh, frat powders of, of like of a institution of whatever mode of higher learning. Um, but it just made me think, like, I it's like is like where where's the structure? <laughs> where where are the administrators? Or is it, or maybe it's like a French thing. It's like oh, the kids are fine. You know, let them do what they want. You know, as long as they don't kill each other or send each other send each other to the hospital, they'll get through it. It builds character. Uh, some you know, some like toxic idiom like that i don't know yeah i think i think the one of the bigger differences between the way you view the body and the sense of self with both of these films is the director of raw talks about because justine and justine's body is very much the focus of this movie um just like esther's body was very much the focus of in her skin the difference being is um, the director makes a point of commenting on focusing on, on Justine's body and this and what that means. And I found a really great quote by her about that. She says, quote, I didn't want to glamorize anything, especially with the girls' bodies, she says. A body is a body. In every movie we see, women have to be beautiful and fit or whatever the hell, and they have to fit a certain box. And no, 
women fart, poop, pee, and burp. This is why you can relate to them because they are not these heavenly creatures. They are real people with real feelings. And when they go down, they go down. This is something we don't see enough of. Always in movies when people cry, they cry like, like St. Mary crying. We're all equal with our bodies, so fuck off. First of all, sounds like my kind of woman. Second of all, she's right. And that's why this movie is like, refreshing and I feel like I can breathe and I feel like that's why it was so beautiful because she doesn't create this idealistic sense with Justine or with the sister it's not about that she doesn't paint them as picture perfect I think what makes this so successful is she somehow manages to have us sympathize with Justine who for all intents and purposes is a monster because she does you know consume flesh same time like it, it it shows how how societal expectations like could be so monstrous or so insane in itself and like t- they could turn someone into a monster exactly like um i mean the, the the hazing you could write essays like about all the hazing itself uh i think that's like a very very i mean i was never hazed I mean, I never, I never joined a frat, but like, I, I was not part of a sorority. That was not in my genetic makeup. <laughs> like, I could, I couldn't do it. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like, like that's, that's like a, a cycle. Like to me, that it's so useless, or uh, it just seems so counterintuitive. Like, um, you're trying to, I, I get it. Maybe you're you're trying to breed camarader- camaraderie with your your fellow peers through. You're all collectively experiencing like the this trial by fire, um, and you know it, from the echelon or from the top down, uh, it's a cycle where it's like a rite of passage. This is part of growing up, and this is this is just what happens. This is just what you do, and it, and you're shamed into it. Like like you're shamed into. Um, um, following along or, 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 you know, not disappointing the elders or not disappointing the great old ones because you would be called a wimp or you'd be an outcast. And, and you, not just among your peers, but Justine comes from, quote, uh, like a very prestigious pedigree. Yeah, you want to talk about the fact that that sort of rewrites the idea of a legacy. Because those exist when you go to college. If you go to a college that your parents or any sort of relative attended, it's called having a legacy at that school. So Justine very much has a legacy at this, but the difference being is legacies are frowned upon in this school, whereas in most colleges, a legacy is a good thing. Yes, you have a reputation to hold up to, but they they don't come up to you and say, I really don't give a fuck about you because you're fine. Your friend over here has to fight for their spot. The teacher was a douchebag. Got me so mad. It's like, why are you punishing someone who is gifted? It's like, I mean, like, like, yes, like, I mean, like, there's probably like, you know, genetics probably has a bit to do with it, but a lot, uh, like, maybe she inherited like something from her. My mom and dad, but like at the same time, like she she comes from a home environment where like I'm sure like like her parents are super smart and they they're also very until I mean obviously there's that big twist in the end, but the parents are very doting, 
very, they seem very supportive. And, you know, I, I think Justine, cannibals, cannibals aside, like, I think she came from a pretty healthy, or I guess, like, pretty stable. I think stable is, like, the more apt term. Like, a stable home. And... And for her to be thrown into all this chaos, you know, uh, like, you know, her sister, her sister is antagonistic to her because of the, what for whatever sisterly relationship has changed and, and the fact that, you know, her sister has, is part, is like deeply part of this hazing ritual. Um, and like, so Justin feels conflicted between going to her sister who sometimes does help her, at the same time does like screw her over, like that video. Yeah, like that video. Uh, and or the fact that um, she tries to have a support network with uh her roommate Adrian, who is gay, but like Justin still, no, I'm sorry, Justine feels a, a still a strong sexual romantic uh connection to him uh, and so even that part of her life is chaotic and then on top of that you know you have the teacher like i again going back to that scene the teacher was just like berating her for like her not not just her natural aptitude but like her uh, seeing how hard she works and it's like well he writes it off as like oh it's because you're you got it from your parents and you don't have to work as hard and it's like no if anything, that means she has to work harder. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Natural talent can get you to a point, but, like, if, you know, what what drives you to greatness is putting in the work, putting in the time, and you, you see you, you, the from the point of the teacher, it's like, oh, yeah, you, this is just, this comes easy for you, but you, then you see Justine, where she wants to be responsible. She doesn't want to party. She doesn't want to, like, completely be shit-faced like you see her try to study and her sister's like oh no you can't study right now you're going to the party everyone's gonna be there you have to be there it's like that's oh uh, yeah and like poor justine i, I like again we're, we're talking about psychosomatic symptoms and stuff like the cannibalism was just a a reaction to growing growing up is rough you'll eat you alive the one the one thing and again these are little things that i just sort of noticed uh, upon a second and third watch the really the sexual relationship with the roommate and how it sort of goes with her carnal need for meat i sort of read as a very similar relationship to her parents like i couldn't help but think is this how it started with her dad, because even her dad says at the end, you know, your mom didn't have a boyfriend, she had me. Well, what does that mean? Justine never had a boyfriend. She she had her roommate. She, she had, yeah. She had like a male... Counterpart. There's not right. really a label to it. Like a male. Right, a male. She, had a, she had a male. And, I mean, they, they did the dirty deed, so clearly there was something there. Um, or maybe there wasn't. Maybe it was just like pure raw energy. I I couldn't help but think that that was what their parents' relationship was. That there was some that there were there was an echo or a reflection of their relationship and what Justine was going through because clearly her sister found a different way to do it and that's why everyone's like you know 
your sister's fun, but she's kind of a bitch. She doesn't, she's not very like, like, she doesn't like anybody. It's probably because she doesn't want to get close to anybody because she doesn't want to eat anybody. Unless it's done out of pettiness and revenge, as we see. Yeah, she's all, very standoffish, antagonistic, and, or it's done out of, like, or, or it's done to strangers. Like, like she's, I, and it makes me wonder, like, how many times she's, she's done it. I mean, we can, she's done it, like, from what we see in the movie, she's done it at least two times because, like, the cars, that she crashed were like, of like two different colors, I believe. Um, which makes me wonder, like, like lo- longevity-wise, like how how often can you get away with that? Like, I, I mean, it's strange. I don't know how. Lo- I, it's weird. I, I'm trying to figure out the timeline of her sister's cannibalistic awakening. It had to be at least a year, because like one, she. I feel like she probably had the same trajectory as Justine. Like she was forced to eat the raw kidney or raw body part or whatever. Yeah. yeah so it was a sister and like the sister has the same cream and like it was given the same remedy. And then she probably had to figure out, figure it out on her own. Like it makes me think that if, you didn't have that bikini wax scene gone wrong. What Justine's trajectory would have been. Because that's where, I mean, she started eating raw chicken cutlet. And that's not even, that's not even nearly as bad though. It's that scene with the sister where like her sister, she's eating her sister's finger. And her sister covers for her. And when like when that happened, that's when I knew. I was like, okay, so the sister is is sort of with this whole thing. Fine. Right. Like I would be curious to see what the sister's journey was like. She understood. She it's from a place of sympathy and empathy. Like she's she's done it herself and how did the sister not get caught again like there's only so many i I guess plot armor is the real answer but there's only so many times you can get it with that modus emberandi for for people where people will start to get wise unless like french forensics is really bad like or that you know like oh like they didn't check they didn't recognize it didn't check for for bite marks uh or they or you know maybe they just were just careless and they just assumed uh, it was just, you know, an accident and not foul play. I mean, for all we know, it could have happened at one of the parties. And, and then on top of, like, all those visceral themes and... I, I do love this movie, though. And, uh, I guess, displays. Um, yeah, The movie itself is still so fun. It's so energetic. It's so vibrant. It just pulses with energy. And it doesn't... The tension never really stops. It doesn't really give you time to breathe. Um, you're, I, f- I felt like always anxious on the edge of my seat because like you, 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 like the, um, because like it just it's relentless and it just does it. Um, I mean it, the movie has subtle messages and subtle themes, but how it displays it, it's like it's very bombastic and it's a very it, it's like. Uh, like 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 the you know the the epic ragers they throw uh or um or or even the uh, even smaller scenes where like the sister's having or i'm sorry justine's having trouble uh sleeping but it 
does in a really interesting way where it's shot from with it she's made herself into a cocoon you see her shot it's like the, the camera's shot with inside the cocoon and it does like these quick spasmic cuts and it just makes it really dynamic and it feels it, it looks like she feels um and i and yeah and and with justine like when she's descending further and further into this carnal cannabis desire like like, like there's some sh- shots of her where like she's just staring like she's giving like this a thousand eyed a thousand yard hungry eyed stare which is really really shocking to look at and really intense and i love it and like you know the justine the her actress uh grants uh mariella or mariella um like she crushed it so interesting sort of factoid about the director and her sort of like fascination with the flesh if you will she says that it stems from her childhood. Her father was a dermatologist and her mother was a gynecologist. And she says that doctors have this very upfront yet distant way of talking about bodies and death. So she was like very aware of her parents' like medical discussions, which you sort of see, it, especially in Raw, like it very much like comes through with that. She also says Raw's camera is unflinching, the close-ups unforgiving, the atrocities unglorified. It definitely made me body conscious, but not in the way we use the term today. And I think a lot of that, like, shows in her handling of this kind of material. And sure, we could chalk that up to her parents' doctoral upbringings, if you will. And I just, I think, I think part of why it's an interesting discussion to pair both of these movies together and pit one and up, pit them up against each other is they're both conversations about the self and your body and how you sort of handle changes within a body, changes within how you perceive yourself and your body as it grows and changes and, and things like that how vastly different these two movies handled that concept. One of them turned them into sort of this crisis of self, crisis of existence. And this other one shows you all of this through the lens of like a coming of age story of gaining your independence, gaining your sense of self and like how you navigate that. But they're handled very fucking differently. And I, and I think that they both create a conversation worth having about body image and, and, and the self and everything like that. But I do think that raw was much more successful. Definitely. Um, and I get, I, and, and raw managed to cram so many other modes of societal commentary. You know, you could, you could talk about peer pressure. You could talk about, uh, parental child, relationships you could talk about uh tribalism and factualism and you know social psychology all all that jazz um and it does it so effortlessly um there's so many and that's what i love i love movies that made me think and i just didn't get that it that 
cerebral itch at all from from in my skin um and that's why like half the time i was bored of the movie and i felt like it it just i felt like it didn't have anything really interesting to say and um i mean you could you could say on one hand you could argue it's subtle um but when how i experience it like when i when it felt like a it felt like a lot of work to just try to dig out like the bare bones themes that i felt like the director was going for in my skin and i couldn't do it on my own i had to do it through proxies uh and, and with raw like it, it just it just gives you this giant ball of yarn or it gives you like five different balls of yarn and you could like play with it you know and unwind it uh in any any sort of way uh and it, they're all visually interesting they're all they're they're all done so well and with respect and with candor uh or not candor with uh with purpose um and care too there there's definitely an element of caring about justine as a character in the source material with raw that you sort of don't see i feel like as easily as esther sort of like haphazardly treats herself the camera and the director treats her as a character um which also adds to how off-putting it is to watch which I don't give a shit what the director says. It was intentional. I'm sorry. You directed and acted in it. You were intentional in your actions. Like, sorry, point blank. You can deny it all you want. There was a lot of care that went into sort of cradling Justine as she becomes her own. And you don't even really get to see her become this fully fleshed um, version of herself. Because it ends with the dad sort of saying, you'll you'll fit you'll find your own solution. And then the title card of Raw pops up. Like that's the movie. And I love that. I love that you don't have a conclusion. Like Justine now gets hit with this bomb and she's sort of left to fend for herself. Which is very much like what can happen in caught like you're left with this thing and it's like okay go like it's very true <laughs> you graduated to reality. from high school here's college right exactly like go fend for yourself now you have the tools just kidding you have no tools whatsoever <laughs> yeah it's like adults are just like uh, adulting is like yeah we may we may look like we know what we're doing but we just kind of fake it till we make it too you know, we just been doing it longer than you have. Uh, so, and like the way we do it may not work for you. So you ha- you you have to reinvent the wheel. You have to because you're you're even though you're our daughter, you're 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 our child. You're also your own person. So what may work for us may not work for you. And and, and like so basically, like the dad's like he's saying you're kind of shit out of luck, but I hope you, I hope I I'm, I'm behind you. I hope you find a way to get through this. And it's like, oh, it's terrible, but it's so realistic. It's so true to, like, real life. I also just really love how she took one of history's greatest taboos and gave it to us in a very real setting. Like, what's realer than your first ever of everything in college and, and, and sort of finding yourself while you're away from your parents, isolated away from that in college, um, in a very real coming of age story. And I, and I, I, 
I think it takes a certain type of like mind to sort of take these two things and say, yeah, I'm going to put these together in a very real way and, and make it believable. Like I could like, like I could believe that this could like not could be a thing, but like if it existed in real life, like sure, this, this could be a thing. Can you fucking imagine trying to make your way through veterinary school where you're around animals all the time and people and especially if the, if this vet school is as hyper intense as it actually is portrayed in the film took all the real trappings of a college experience and how you go through it and and added cannibalism and it wasn't in like poor taste it's not like not that not that the green inferno is in poor taste but that is like a movie that's just about like straight up cannibalism this has like an underlying story within it that sort of pulls you through the whole thing and the cannibalism is a spectacle but like there's just it's so much it's not but it's not the core of the movie the core of the movie is justine's journey through all of this Cannibalism is just a symptom of, of like, what's really going on. Just... The cannibalism is the amuse-bouche of this entire thing. Yes. Um, I, and, that, and that, again, that's what makes, I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I like about Raw, but, like, one of the most prominent things, like, it just, it was just so interesting. And, like, it, 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 it juggled a lot of different types of themes, um, and it executed in this really beautiful frenetic intense imagery that i felt was so lacking in my skin and like it, i it, like uh, just just from a pure point of like of of an entertainment experience raw is just hands hands down by far uh, in the lead in, in my skin in my skin i was just like either disgusted or bored and i know i'm parroting myself but it's like i i cannot under under uh, overstage just like how disaffected and disengaged i was except for like the more i wish i wish i could have felt bored during in my skin because at least i would have felt something besides just stillness like chris you should have seen me while i was watching in my skin i was genuinely horrified and i just like couldn't emote i couldn't move i couldn't really really do anything um it wasn't until like the end of the movie where I truly felt like I could breathe. And then, like I said, like I immediately jumped into Raw. Who does that? Me. I needed to watch a movie, a separate movie about cannibalism to sort of take me out of having watched. In my skin. And again, it's like it comes down to the voyeurism. You just show. If like again, I did. That's why. That's why I don't. That's why I don't get why the director commentates on the film as they as as you say they did because like so much of the film is voyeurism and it's just it's voyeurism without a seemingly i don't know i think it, it, it feels so much like voyeurism for its own sake and that's just not it doesn't to me that just paints the really heady aspects of like the self-mutilation in in such a way where it's like i don't understand what you're trying to do it just seems to me that you're just you're just filming someone cutting themselves for the and, um and just to make someone uncomfortable and if that was your goal cool i guess i mean you accomplish it that way but like that's that's to me that's like a low bar 
it i mean it it doesn't it doesn't make me feel it doesn't i i, I don't feel attached to this movie in a way uh or i i have like a negative reaction to it and i don't understand why this film is hailed as monumental or um impactful to me it's just like it just seems like I feel like it's trying to ride on the coattails of like just the of the genre it tries to emulate or it's it's part of and it, it doesn't provide any substantial meat like raw does. You know, raw it's so packed with so much and you can dissect it and like you you, you know, the raw is probably a film that I would happily rewatch. To find like behind the scenes and deleted scenes of raw. Like I would want to and interviews like I would really want to like get into raw I want nothing to do with in her skin in my skin I want nothing to do with it like I watched it once I know that it's going to be on it's going to be featured in articles when you talk about new French extremity movies and examples of it and I get that I understand why it's a part of the genre I'm not saying it shouldn't be but when you look at film books, I feel like they're going to save space for a movie like Raw and show you why it was a success. You're not going to see that for In My Skin. I would say I would take it a step further. I mean, I, I would say you don't need to watch it Into My Skin. You just watch Raw. Yeah, I, yeah, just watch Raw. I I wouldn't even I wouldn't even go near it. Uh, and if you if you're really that curious do your research first like i really wish i had done research before it now is that does i'm not saying that that's going to be my my approach from here on out i'm sticking with my approach if we're doing an episode on a movie i've never seen before i'm still not going to do any research ahead of time i'm just going to dive right in i like it better that way that being said this move in my skin is one of the only ones i think so far where i really wish i would have done my homework because it was intense and it was a lot. Yeah, so I would say avoid it. But if you're if you're curious enough, you know, heed those content warnings, um, and try to steer yourself because it's just give all all the munchy nami finger ratings to raw and leave none of it for in in my skin. Just go rush raw. That's the moral of the story. <laughs> On that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. And as a heads up, um, if you're listening to this episode uh, more, well, we hope. If you're listening to this episode, we hope you also listened to our previous episode, which was our capstone of our Juji Ito series with Chris from Iron, Silver, and Salt. We reviewed Tomie, which was Juji Ito's first and one of his most iconic works. And in celebration of that, or connected to that, we were recently guest hosts on the Iron, Silver, and Salt podcast. And they were also reviewing uh, Tomie, uh, specifically how to identify her, what are her powers, uh, and how to take her down. Um, and classic monster hunting 
fashion. So it was a really fun episode. So again, Chris, um, Chris, Will, and Adrian, thank you so, so much for uh, having us on as guests. So it was a lot of fun. So definitely check out the, their, their show, Iron, Silver, and Salt, uh, wherever you can find podcasts. So. Yeah, we always have a blast whenever we're on with them. So that was a really fun episode for us to be on. Heck yeah. And if you want to get ahead, next week we are doing an entire episode on The Wicker Man from 1973 and its remake from 2006 with Nicolas Cage, Chris's favorite person. Besides Willem Dafoe, I'm very excited. We're getting into some folk horror. So I'm stoked. I'm just excited. Nick Cage is coming back, baby. Um, so yeah, get, get excited. A great episode to look forward to. Uh, so stay safe out there. Uh, you know, eat responsibly. And don't forget, <laughs> stay, stay dreadful. dreadful.